I have a dog and two cats, and the kitty litter is on the ground floor, so the the cats don't have to climb around when they pee and, and poo-poo. But the dog is the same size as a cat, so it can get anywhere that cats can go. So it's constantly going to the kitty litter and taking poops out and eating them because it loves to eat cat poops. So now I spray cat poops with a special bitter spray that makes them less fun for dogs to eat. Pretty smart. Pretty smart. Uh, my question. Yeah? What's this bitter spray you're spewing all over cat poo? <laughs> and can I provide... You want to spray on my poos? <laughs> That's okay. We'll move on from it. We won't. We won't uh, even talk about that. Yeah, well, we can move on. We yeah. can move on. Like, yes. like Homeward Bound, the movie moved on to Homeward Bound Two. If there was one, I can't remember. There was, there, there, there was. was a Homeward Bound. Was it too. was it called The Incredible Journey, or was that something else? I, I you know, you might be right. There was a subtitle. There oh, was, yeah. Now I'm gonna have to look this shit. God damn it, Jim. Do it. Use your computer. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Homeward Bound Two: Lost in San Francisco. The Incredible Journey is the subtitle <laughs> of the first one. Ah, that two names. Yeah. It's one of those that two first names. one was really, really charming. Was that like Dudley Moore and uh, Michael J. Fox or something? Um, it was... For people who don't know, it's a talking animals movie yeah. where dogs and cats... Sally like, Field, Michael J. Fox, yeah. Not apparently, Dudley Apparently the sequel was like, it was one dog, just one dog, voiced by Jane Spader, just going, my dick is burning, <laughs> just, just over and over again. I ask you, and they wonder why America is in the financial straits it's in. It's because of James Spader doing a, a Bernie dog dick voice. <laughs> I like that James Spader. He's good. He, uh, he throws you off balance a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's weird. He's a creep. And I mean that in a good way. He's entertaining. Yeah. He's entertaining to watch being a creep. And he doesn't seem like he is, like, uh, born evil. But he seems like he can't quite be okay. Yeah. He's just always going to be a little like, I don't feel quite right. You know, and like, oh, maybe if I sit closer to you, then I'll feel better. I don't. <laughs> uh, hold me down for a second. Just a second. It won't be weird. It won't be weird. I imagine James Spader was a child born under a black moon. Mm. The moon was black that night. And like any child born under a black moon, uh, he could be, he has the potential for great evil. Uh, right. But only forces beyond our, certainly beyond my control, uh, will determine the ultimate fate of James Spader and thus the nation, the realm, uh, under the king. Who's the king? <laughs> what? Who's the king in this scenario? Uh, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> king, king Steve of Buscemi, of the realm. Uh, and we are all his knights errant. What a, he's a flimsy, fish-eyed king who people <laughs> can't really feel uh, like he's a boss. You know, you can't look at him and be like, "That's my boss." You just be like, "Hmm, that small man, that's frail, wrinkly fish man is 
thinks he's going to tell me what to do and I'm going to care in some way. But that would be a good king, you're right. Yeah, the, uh, the flimsy fish-eyed king. <laughs> be a great children's fairy tale. The flimsy fish-eyed king. That would be good. That would I would be a good that. one. I'll tell you what, though, Jonathan. Yes. Oh, dearie me. Mm-hmm. I got another text message from oh. from Trent Reznor. Uh, the, another one. Another one. You know, I'm always telling you about this. The the pop star from Nine Inch Nails fame. Sure. Every week now, at least once a week, I'm getting a text message from him. Um, I'm I'm sick of it. I've no I've got no problem with the man, but this past Saturday, right? Text message. Yo, carve me off a hunk of that BBQ. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he's a like 50 year old slightly paunchy film scoring guy now who's looking back on his youth and thinking uh i used to be rough and rugged and shoving microphone stands up the bum of my guitar player on stage i don't know if yeah you did that. I, I look i look back at trent Reznor's youth and think god what was i thinking <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he had some hits. He he was no, uh, he did. That and I look back at them and think, God, what was I thinking? Oh, come on! At the time, I, it was I like, cannot whoa. listen to uh, Pretty Hate Machine at all, at all. Like, there's a track on there that doesn't make me cringe now. Really interesting. I, Is it because you look back on it and think, Oh, I thought I was cool, but clearly no. I was, I was like, Oh, I thought this was cool. It is kind of. I mean, at the time, to do those kinds of beats. And to be a mad in that particular way with that particular haircut it was pretty new and innovative to be that haircut. I still like Nine Inch Nails, although I yeah. do I do actually prefer the later stuff as it goes. Yeah, the, the later stuff is it is less offensive to my ears. Um, I think is what it like. I just <laughs> I'm really into lyrical content and music by and large. And you look uh. at how juvenile, like, oh, it's it hurts me it to think yet, that I used to think here, that that was like competent songwriting. But like I said, I mean, he's obviously changed. Yes, he has. But I don't know why I'm an outlet for whatever's left. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is again, like, yo, carve me off a hunk, oh, dat. It's <laughs> oh, apostrophe. At least he went as far as adding the grammar and the punctuation, bless him. Oh, dat, BBQ, obviously meaning barbecue. Yo, carve me off a hunk of dat barbecue. What does that mean? Well, this is the thing. Right? Uh-huh. It's passive-aggressive, but the man's clearly inviting himself to a barbecue. He, he likes my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Has he been to uh, your house? A man gets hungry of a weekend, wants some ribs, wants some burgers. Clearly, he's pegged me to be the guy to do that. He doesn't say, when are you next having a barbecue? No, that would be too direct for Trent Reznor. It's... Carve me off a hunk of that Pre- presumptuous, Jonathan. Presumptuous. And here's the thing. Yeah? Here's the thing that really annoys me. Mm-hmm. This Saturday, right? I could do a barbecue, sure. I could do a barbecue. I could host a barbecue. He won't show up. He, he won't, won't show up. He won't even, like, con- confirm or cancel. He just, I'll do a barbecue. It will be a success. Everyone will be impressed. Jim, we love your burgers. They're great. Uh, could use a little less onion next time. Fuck off. They're my burgers. I'll cook them how I want. Be fine. He won't show up. If I don't do the barbecue, I guarantee you a week later, yo, yo, where'd that barbecue at? 
<laughs> He's uh, Academy Award winning film score. He's a multimillionaire. Uh, he likes video games a little bit. He'll did be the like, music I played for some Quake. Doom last night. Yep, he did the music for Quake. He likes Doom a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a relationship with Tori Amos, pianist. Yep. And in his off time, he sends you <laughs> text messages <laughs> implying... He bought, he bought the Sharon Tate house and turned it uh, into a recording right. studio. He did. He was sort of a mentor to Marilyn Manson. He has a lot of things he could be doing. He could barbecue anywhere he wants pretty much all night. You see, he now can... there you think. There, there you go. We're going back to my youth again. Like, if you'd told me that as an adult I was going to appreciate Marilyn Manson on a substantive level more than Trent Reznor, I'd have called you a liar and a fraud. <laughs> but, it, it, but Trent made the music that resonated with the angry, not macho, but still angry American teenage male. Yes, and that's it is. Awesome. That's yes, and, awesome. and, and, and the thing is, is that I'm ashamed at how much I identified with it. I was oh, like, wow, a... this guy really gets me. And then I he thought did. about it. Yes, and I was like, yeah, but I didn't want to be that asshole in the first place. <laughs> well, none of you. Nobody wants to be that asshole, but you're, you, it's like, you turn into like, how sad is this shit? I could have spent a whole lot of time not being angry about stuff. You can't help it. It's hormones and uh, brain chemistry. The 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 teenage brain, sadly, teenagers sometimes get annoyed with me when I tell them that they actually have different brains. At least it's no wonder we put them all on sedatives now. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not kidding. It's sadly uh, they're treating a normal teenage brain like they they have some sort of mental disorder, but they don't. They're just teenagers. The brain doesn't fully form until you're like 24 or something like that. So uh, more power to Trent Reznor and his making music for the unformed brain. Yeah, There's nothing wrong with that. Somebody's got to listen to it. Well, I think one thing we've learned is there will be more Trent's texts next week. <laughs> right, Jonathan Holmes. Yep. I'm sick of it. Why? What? I've had enough. Oh no! Why? We're not getting down to business. You want to be in a business? <laughs> Hear me out. Okay. You, Jonathan, mm-hmm. okay, get ready for this, okay? Are you sat down? I'm sitting, yes. Good, because brace yourself. You mm-hmm. are going to give me your Willem Dafoe movie pitch. Oh, yeah! Okay, you sure? Absolutely, let's hear it. Lay All it right. on me, brother. Okay, it is a sequel to the 40-year-old virgin. I'm going to try to remember this because I had this like three weeks ago. Sequel to the 40-year-old virgin mm-hmm. called The 60-Year-Old Morbidly Depressed Sexually Obsessed Man. <laughs> and he it plays Steve Carell's character from The 40-Year-Old Virgin. I can't remember. It was Andy, I think his name was. Yeah. Married to Catherine Keener, beautiful uh, actress. Uh, this is Willem Dafoe playing Willem Dafoe. Steve yep. I'm sorry. Yep. So he is uh, Andy in the sequel. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Catherine Keener is dying from an undisclosed disease. That's how it starts. I in the hospital. Her. She is wonderful. Mm-hmm. So she's there looking Very beautiful and such sad. a talent. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a very particular way. In an yes. honest, uh, genuine, relatable way. Um, anyway. So she's there saying, oh, Andy, we had some beautiful fucks. Didn't we? Did we fuck good? And he's like, ah, you're my precious fuck. Sorry, I'm laughing at my own joke. (laughs) 
And then she says, listen, I shot you with my love, fuck. And I'm going to die. So keep fucking. And then she dies. Then the song... When I think about the good love you gave me, I cry like a baby. Starts playing cry really, like you know it, uncomfortably loud in the audience. I mean, in the uh, in the theater, mm. and it's just montages of Willem Dafoe like crying and crying and like falling down the floor in the fetal position, nude, sucking his thumb, and oh, the sun to sit on a bed, I cry like a baby. And he's just cry looking at her picture. Thank you. Crying, crying, and so sad, and clutching his chest, and he doesn't know what to do, and he's just a broken man. Uh, comes into work the next day, and um, Jane Lynch is there, his boss, and uh, she's like, Andy, I heard your wife died. Very sad. And he just goes, wet twat, 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 wet twat. She's like, wet what? No, he said, no, wet twat, wet twat, wet twat. <laughs> She's like, I, uh, I don't know what you mean, Andy. And then he walks up behind a customer. He's like, what, 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 He can't help it. He's gone into some sort of uh, bizarre, morbid grief reaction where he's melded his, his uh, relationship with his wife who opened his life to sexual encounters. Mm. Uh, now she's gone. And he doesn't want to let go of that and, and let go of the empowerment that sexuality gave to him by singing uh, Dawning of the Age of Aquarius with Paul Rudd and that bald black man who's very handsome. So, uh, uh, he, he can't help it. He's going around the store just saying, what, 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 what. Uh, he does it to a, uh, a tough-looking gangster man played by Jamie Kennedy. Yes, Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> What, 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 what? And uh, uh, Jamie K is like, what the fuck are you saying? You're trying to start something? What, 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 what? And uh, then it pans over and there's a, an Eskimo there played by um, Sarah Silverman. And she's like, I think this fucker wants to rumble. And then uh, it continues to pan over and every single uh, racial stereotype, because they don't want to be offensive by saying, like, white people who act like black people are racist because it's racist that they're saying black terms, you know, the whole uh, tiny Tina thing. Mm. They're covering all their bases, so every, you know, they, they pan down and there's a, a transgender uh, man with a sombrero and uh, playing playing the piano, and there's, um, you know, uh, the Englishman, like you, Jim, you'll be there. Everyone's there, and there's this huge uh, racial stereotype gang, and they're, they... The store, I'm imagining, being ten times bigger than it was before, <laughs> unexplained. It's a TARDIS. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a huge lineup, and um, they, each one has their own retort, and they're ready to kick um, Willem Dafoe's ass, uh, but he just keeps saying, what, 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 and um, all of a sudden, they break into song and start dancing... This is how I vaguely remember it, anyway. Uh, the Age of Aquarius, dancing around, mm-hmm. as though they've had a re- religious revelation that, in fact, Wetwat is the way to win at life. Uh, this moves forward. Willem Dafoe becomes a religious cult leader. And he can now use his full range of, uh, of verbology. His, his, um, his vocabulary is back. He can talk. He's no longer paralyzed because he seized the moment and seized the human race with his vision for a future. So he's up on stage, white robes, 
Oh, so this is almost the end of the movie. Uh, he says, <laughs> everybody, I helped out an Eskimo and Jamie Kennedy and Jim Sterling with wet what? It worked. Their lives have been turned around. I want to turn your life around, too. Here's what we got to do. Everybody's fucking all the time. Don't go to work. Don't go to school. Don't wear no clothes. School. <laughs> yeah. All fucking every day. All day. Because what else is there, really? All that other bullshit. They just made it up. Money. Prestige. Social status. You don't need that fucking shit. That's all just uh, trying to keep you in line. I love how more and more he's becoming Harvey Feinstein. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Um, stop. <laughs> Everybody's fucking. <laughs> Everybody's fucking. So here's the plan. Simple. You take your children. You have them. Learn how to make robots. <laughs> and the robots will raise the children. Feed them. Keep them clean. Keep them safe. That when they reach a certain age... They just start fucking. Probably around 18. Probably. Still working out the details. <laughs> oh, you got to keep the doubt in there, of course. <laughs> got to keep yourself covered. The robots will provide our food. They'll provide our internet connections. <laughs> provide everything that we need. That human beings are wasting the fucking lives working on now. So, children make the robots. Robots feed the children. The rest of us fuck. Who's winning? <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd just goes nuts. Yeah! New life! <laughs> uh, then, because it'd be too explicit, they show the human race in low... Uh, how low? I would say higher than PS2, but not quite PS3 level polygon-based graphics. No clothes, no textures, just like shiny nude, muscular men and women all bald because they can't afford the graphics for hair, just um, in all sorts of disgusting sexual positions for a long time. For like an hour and a half. And then it's the end of the movie. Brilliant. That's the pitch. What do you think? I like it. That's brilliant. That's the, the 60-year-old morbidly depressed sex-obsessed old man. Uh, yeah, that's right. I think so. Brilliant. Liking it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was worth waiting for. Actually, I like that, that. That closing, like you know, orgy implication. For whatever reason, in my mind, um, calls to mind the Pet Shop Boys music video for "You Only Tell Me You Love Me When You're Drunk," which is just like this uh, still. It's this camera moving over uh, the aftermath of a party where everyone's still. And it's just really, really weird. You should check it out at some point. But anyway. Most Pet Shop Boys music videos are worth checking out. Oh, yes, absolutely. God, they are the, they, I, I bought a live DVD of them once. Don't ever do that. <laughs> they are the most dull live performers I, I think I've ever like seen on video. Maybe going to the show, I'm sure, would be a completely different situation. But don't watch their live performances. It's just sad. They've got no apparent um, stage presence. They strike me as boring people. Uh, yeah. Incredibly talented musicians. Which is funny because right. of their song being boring. 
was a, 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 a big hit, the chorus, we were never being boring. <laughs> we had too much time to find for ourselves. Yeah. Boring. Boring. Yeah. You do a song about it, that's your self-consciousness coming through. And that implies the Pet Shop Boys know their problem and are uninterested in doing something about it. Sort it out, Pet Shop Boys. Sort it out. Get it together. For God's what? sake, get your shit together, Pet Shop Boys. Sort your What's life that guy's out. Name? What's that guy's name again? Uh, Neil. Oh, Neil. Yeah. Neil Frog. <laughs> <laughs> I just got an email from Machinima asking them to edit... This Sunday's Teenage Pokemon, which features you, Jim Sterling, because it's too risque. Oh, edit me out, then. No, not you. There's things that I was really excited about uh. that I thought were fantastic. Um, and I don't often feel that fantastic about my own ideas. But this really came together. But unfortunately, it looks like they're going to get cut out. That's too bad. That's what happens when you go corporate. That's what happens <laughs> when you start chasing the Yankee dollar. It's true. It's very different to work with uh, a company like Machinima that wants me to do something specific, unlike Destructoid, which has always just been like, we like the you no matter what. Just be a guy and show up. I've been doing that for, geez, what is it, five years now? So yeah, it is different. You know that from The Escapist as well, I'm sure, Jim. They, uh, they've no, got ideas. They let me get away with everything. <laughs> I, yeah, I find it's it great. I, just, I mean, having watched Yahtzee long mm. enough i i can't imagine that they have too heavy a hand in the content yeah. i've had one or two discussions with susan like general just criticism because she gives a shit about the content yeah. and will try and sort of help guide it in a you know if i do something she thinks is me fucking up she'll say which i respect um but they've never tried to tell me you cannot do this um I only had to really do one major edit when I was picking on a particular <laughs> watcher, uh, which uh, Susan said came across as uh, very mean-spirited, which it did. So I opened, I just reshot it and made it more general, and it was still a particular the same. washer. What did you say? Watcher, viewer. Oh, viewer, viewer, viewer. Yes, I was in a, an argument with someone about something, and I decided to make it very personal and very public, <laughs> um, and instead changed it a, a little bit. And then uh, thought better of it on reflection. Yeah, as 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 I often do, uh, after I've been told to think better of it on reflection. <laughs> but but at least this time you hadn't published yet. Exactly. At least <laughs> this time I didn't hit send, um, which is always my problem. <laughs> uh, I should just be given a computer that's not connected to the internet. I told it is, and then I just type everything. Hitting this big send button, a big red one on the keyboard that sends it nowhere, just deletes it straight away. Oh, Jonathan Holmes. Hi, how are you? You lovely little crocodile. <laughs> I guess I am. I'm a, yeah. little, a little scaly. What's your favorite reptile? <laughs> Don't you want to talk about video games at all? What's your favorite reptile? <sighs> um... Oh, oh, don't you have one? Oh, the chameleon. No. Oh, you can't think of one? Oh, dear. <laughs> Looks like Jonathan Holmes doesn't have it all sorted out. I don't. I'm <laughs> all over the place today. Uh, I'm now suddenly having to brainstorm for how to do these edits, which need to be done, like, I uh, have to end the show in, like, 50 minutes already because of that. Uh, how am I going to fix all these problems tonight, guys? It's exciting. Uh, 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 tonight? Yeah. 
don't know. It's a mystery. Why did you ask me about reptile? Chameleon's a good choice. Oh, thank you. No reason. <laughs> you want to talk about the video games? I'm things interested happen. in you. I want to find out more things about you. You're video game related. This is a video game conversation. I'm a little bit video game related. Uh, retro if you City could rep- choose any reptile to give birth to live young, what one would it be and why? What? Uh, uh, I'm not going to repeat myself twice. That's the kind of question a man only has to ask once. I If there were any reptile that would start giving birth like a mammal, uh, it would have to be the a living reptile. It can't be dinosaurs, I guess. No, no, absolutely, absolutely fucking not, no. <laughs> I only sort of know about some reptiles. Turtles are reptiles. Maybe a big old turtle, like a tortoise. Just uh, having the laying down on its back, going ah, ah, and then a little baby turtle comes out. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah, it'd be cute. Oh, it's scary giving birth to a baby. Yeah, though. yeah. Glad I'll never do it. Yikes. Well, you say that. Hear me out. You mm-hmm. with a big shell on your back <laughs> <laughs> at the local grocery store. We just go in and shout performance art. Free speech, you can't stop us now. <laughs> you, you put on a shell. Or just a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle costume. Get on your back and start going... And then I crawl out of a giant sack between your legs. Naked, painted green, and I just run off. Oh, and I grab some, um, I don't know, tubes of Pringles and a, a Coke. And shout, free speech, free speech, you can't stop me now. And then run away. Going, <laughs> that would be uh, harmless. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's almost not bad. Up until I, I, we take you outside and curb stomp you, it's a pretty safe <laughs> plan. Why would you do that? What did I do wrong? Galapagos turtles. Galap, you don't want. <laughs> That's your answer. <laughs> Galapagos turtles. I, the, I. <laughs> I don't want to hurt no turtles. I don't think you should hurt turtles either. I'm not going to hurt a turtle. I'm going to hurt you. Because they asked you. A ghost turtle? I can't curb stomp turtles in real life, Jonathan. Make my dream come half true. <laughs> yeah, those things are endangered. How dare you, Jonathan? How dare you not let me curb stomp you so now a turtle has to pay the price? <laughs> An endangered Galapagos turtle. Or tortoise. I don't know which ones they do. I think it's tortoise. Tortoise. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes. Well, video a, games. It's been a bit of an erratic podcast. That's I, okay. I think apologize. people are probably enjoying it. People, people, wanted, people have been telling me they want me to be more indignant about your ideas. Because I haven't been that indignant You're about in, them lately. You're indignant enough. I don't. I guess so. They think, oh, you've got to like them even less. Because last week's, I think it was the um, form a band with the no form a gang out of KKK members and Crips and Bloods and Hell's Angels, and uh, I quite liked that idea. But people say you're not supposed to like his idea. Very, very annoyed about that. And other people are saying you should come up with ideas that you want Jim to do and show him you're going to turn the tables. And I'm just like, ah. Gonna give it's, Jim a taste of his own medicine. Yes, because I, I can't see that going wrong at all. <laughs> well, I don't. People I say don't, you came close. 
with the Billy Squires idea. Oh, but that wasn't my intent at all. I sincerely think that would be a wonderful idea. Profit deal and also making a music video that'll stand the test of time. Yeah. L- l- much longer than, than we will. The thing is, us even, years. even if that would, was your plan, even if you had planned to get back at me like that, as to turn the tables, toin the tables, it backfired anyway because you upset all our listeners. Because for <laughs> some reason, after after telling us for weeks that they love talk of of an an old man's raggedy anus, mm. they suddenly get offended when you suggest that they would buy blood and spice. <laughs> And you didn't seem offended. I, I thought you were simply adorable, Jim, because you got all self-conscious. And you were like, mm, the consistency of my semen isn't good enough. They might not like my semen, guys. And I was like, no, it'll be good semen. You're That's like, a fear that keeps me up at night. <laughs> I think uh, I talk about pod toy listeners too much. Let's, uh, <laughs> yes. let's yes, face it. Yes, you do. Because I'm fascinated. Uh, you know, I go to the psychiatric hospital every day for a reason. Because I'm fascinated with people that have a different mental process than I do, and I want to get to know them. And Podtoid listeners definitely have a different mental process yeah. than I do. But then, uh, so I find them fascinating. But yeah. then you try and get to know them, and every time you're reminded what a bad idea that is, because <laughs> you, the last thing you need to do is get to know them. I know them already. <laughs> we're mutually ruining each other's lives already. That's fine. You don't need to be exposed to that. Well, they they seek me out, and it it is interesting. And they, I was very very interested when they they felt insulted that I was implying things about them, and also <laughs> in their mind turning the tables and being like the quotes aggressor and and coming up with ideas for you. They they felt it seems like they think there's a power dynamic where you're like the top and I'm the bottom. I get a lot of that. Like, oh, I think you were a part of that email. Like, would you still want to have sex with Jonathan if he was the top? As though it's all like some sort of weird, kinky, I always, aggressive. I'm sorry. I always saw it as Jonathan on top. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm very much a power bottom. Pictured it before. I didn't know that about you, Jack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that guy. I, I, I don't know. Maybe he was trying to throw us for a loop. Uh, my immediate response was deal. <laughs> uh, so that's done. So whenever you want to pull the trigger on that, Jonathan. I don't. I won't. So, but friends? Well, yes, I would like us to be but friends. <laughs> I don't want to do it. It's ready. That's ready. all I'm going to say. Look, I'm not going to try and pressure you into bumming me. But... I've got the gas fire lit. What does that mean? Like your, your You've just got to throw a sausage on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Oh, oh that's good fun. I'm trying to get myself psyched up, actually. You are. I'm a what? bit erratic because there's been more turmoil in the office today. Um, but uh, the other big thing is I'm going to be having an argument with Ken Levine soon. Uh, what? No, I love that you're you're prepared automatically for it to be an argument as opposed <laughs> to a discussion. Like you're just set to go on that mind on that track. Yeah, I'm hyping it up a bit. It's actually we're gonna have a discussion uh, that'll be coming soon, um, talking about pre-orders and whatnot. 
because uh, obviously that's a big thing in the wake of Colonial Marines and and, and subsequently any pre-order announcements are being scrutinised very heavily. And Bioshock Infinite has a fuckload. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, had a bit of a chat with, with Levine on, on Saturday, I think it was, about that. And I mean, I'm trying to get myself all psyched up for that and, and make sure I ask good questions. Uh, I hate doing interviews. And, and so, what, is it going to be a video or uh, audio or what? How's the? It's, it's going to be a call, but okay. I'm hoping it'll be a bit more dynamic than the usual. Where do you get that's your inspiration for doing the video game? Will it be on the Wii or not? <laughs> is that what I talk to developers every? Every week, you don't That's, think I'd talk like that, one? Every interview ever, including one summer me, are always like, what, what's your inspiration? Uh, do you have a way? What do you think of... <laughs> what do you think of Project Natal? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's true. That's uh, how we used to talk, yeah. but not anymore. We've moved on. We've grown. But, uh... Oh! Oh! What? Uh, oh, what's that? Uh, I suppose you want to say let's get let's let's just do a video game topic so we can say we've done one and move sure. on. Sure. Well, I was just looking at the news. Uh, Destructoid has an exclusive quest in Etrian Odyssey Four. Oh, that's one we can't review. Fucking hell! What does that even mean? Do I have to buy that game now? Are we in <laughs> that game? What? I'll have to ask Dale now uh, about that. So that's a thing that happened. That's exciting. What else happened? Alien Schmaliens. Oh, we've talked about that before. Yeah, I'm not talking about aliens now. <laughs> I'm, I've am i definitely not forgotten aliens. No. Uh, but it's one of those things... This is I, I do this with a lot of topics. Mm-hmm. It's like having a kettle or a, or a pot with water in it boiling on the stove. You know, you've got to know when to just take the pot off and let the water stop bubbling before putting it back on. Um, so I'm doing that at the moment, just just letting some of the pressure out before I tackle any more alien stuff. And I've got some more information coming in. <laughs> uh, that thing doesn't stop giving out, but just trying to let it cool a bit, especially after last time, because I ran that, the anonymous Sega blog guy, after verifying a lot of his intel, and that became a big thing uh, this past Sunday. Uh, yeah, people were just like, oh, unsubstantiated, but I mean... What's their expectation? Hmm. I guess. I mean, are are they expecting you to like out your sources and yeah. say this guy, this guy, this guy, and let them lose their jobs? What really got me was some of the people that were saying that were just like, oh, unsubstantiated, or oh, if it's anonymous, it must be true, or, or stuff like that. Were people whose job is similar and have done that before, uh, but apparently when I do it, it's not allowed. I guess that's the takeaway from that. Heaven forbid. Um, sorry, have, that was some residual uh, industrial. No, no, I, you know, I, think, I, I think it may just be surprising to people that anyone would talk to you. Which Very is true. so stupid. I mean, it's the stupid. You're on top of, of the story. You're clearly passionate about it. And mm. you have a, a voice that is loud and reaches a broad audience. Why wouldn't people come talk to you? Yeah, well, more people talk to me than, than I think people realize. There, There's shit I know that would ruin America. <laughs> I overhyped that. That's, that's not true. But, uh, I, yeah, a lot of people do talk to me. Uh, a lot of it, unfortunately, is of the 
please don't say anything. I will get fired, Variety. <laughs> um, but shit comes out, and, and there is shit I can verify. And, and I verified... I can't vouch for the blogger who wrote the, the, the big thing on Aliens. Uh, I know that some of the stuff he's written casts some of, a lot of the other stuff into doubt. But I can verify for the basic intel in there. Um, and I'm still getting stuff sent. So there's that stuff. Huh. But like I say, I don't want to bang on and on about it. Um, Will you write more about the new stuff? Uh, Maybe? Yeah, I'm in the process of looking through things. There, there, just write a book. There are more, a book. I honestly want to read a book on it. There's fascinating stuff, and I, I, I don't think it's over. Um, it might go dark for a good while now, because mm. I think there are a lot of other things to focus on. But eventually, you know, give it a few years. People change their jobs. People, you know, have NDAs running out. And stuff will come out. There'll be some interesting stuff in a few years. And I'm not even alluding to stuff I know. They, they, I'm talking about stuff that, um, you know, none of us could know that inevitably comes up in these kinds of things. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be cool. Yeah, I hope yeah. I hope in a way that people remember this event enough that that information does come to light. Because I think a lot of times uh, where these bad games are concerned... Um, you know, or, or at least missteps, we just tend to forget about them eventually. Uh, and I think that the story here is probably interesting enough to justify going back. So I hope that, uh, that there's still interest and, and attention paid to it when that time comes. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's got all the, all the elements of, of one of those. Mm-hmm. One, in, in a kind of limbo of the lost kind of way. Every, every few years they're just, do you remember that one? Yeah, what happened there? And then you'll find that, that there's some all kinds of things came out and and that which you know again as I said before I'd rather read have just had a good aliens game. Sure. But barring that, it's I'll, pretty. I'll... Yeah, it's a uh, it's great for me to see, and I think a lot of people would agree, whether they're interested in this particular game or not, or the story or not, just for things to finally open up a little bit whether the developers and publishers like it or not but this has been one of the most secretive industries that i've ever heard of um i remember growing up uh, beating a game like castlevania on the nes you'd you'd see who did the music and be like yuka chan's papa i'm like huh yuka chan's papa who's who does that Who's Yukachan? You just have no because back in those days, they wouldn't even put the names of the people who worked on games in the credits because they were afraid they would get like headhunted. That's yeah. how secretive it was. Uh, they wouldn't even properly credit people. Well, and it's and it's because of that that we have the companies Activision and Electronic Arts now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, those were dissatisfied developers who were working for Atari. Yeah. That's right. Who are you guys wanted to get out of the corporate culture and the. The big yeah. money and the... have an indie startup do their own thing. Yeah, electronic yeah. arts because you put the focus on the artists. That's that right. That's the they point of to. it. They had uh, their games looked like uh, you'd buy them in sleeves that looked like records because they were like this is more like a record than it is like a product. And look uh, how great it turned out for them. I mean, here they <laughs> they remain the uh, wellspring. <laughs> Of creative talent in this industry, it's a place where the uh, the artist is really valued, uh, yeah, and, and they're, they're really free just to pushing pursue their dreams. Forward. Yeah, um, 
I think it, the takeaway from this is give it 20 years and John Blow will be the next fucking Bobby Kotick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could be. It could, or he could start a company that then Bobby Kotick buys because Activision, yeah. those guys. That's no. He'd be the next Trip Hawkins, I guess. Mm, he'd start mm-hmm. the company and then get fucked and then go into, you know, several failed small startups. But going back to what what Holmes was saying about how secretive this industry and the control of information, a lot of that is is simply down to its youth. Um, And I'm not saying it's a situation that's going to get better. I'm merely saying that as a media, as an entertainment medium, it came to be at a point where the entertainment industry had more or less figured out how to maintain control over their messages. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's much more, I think, impenetrable than some of these other systems where, you know, like the film industry, there's all sorts of outside talent that comes into it and and unions and entrenched forces that allow for leaks of information and and so forth in a way that this industry simply does not. Mm -hmm. Um, This pickaxe is a USB stick. Oh, whoa. Where'd you get a pickaxe? I was just playing with this rubber pickaxe that this PR company sent with Terraria. Is that thing they sent me a box of fucking pebbles? Just just sending me literal trash in the mail. And there was this rubber pickaxe. I was just, like, fiddling around with it because it was on my desk. And I just ended up accidentally pulling... Well, it looks really segmented, the rubber pick bit from the handle. So I was just, like, teasing it a little, just see if there was anything under there, because I... Because I'm obviously a, a chimpanzee, I guess. And then it just popped right off. There's a fucking USB stick in here. I love USB sticks. I bet there's assets on there. I bet there is. I bet there's Terraria <laughs> assets on here. <laughs> fucking hell, there won't be soon. It'll be lots of bomb. I'm going to tell you about the joke that Machinima is forcing us to take out real quick. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, do, do it. It's a preview. So Jim plays Ditto in this week's Teenage Pokemon. And I won't get into the details about why, but there's discussion of Ditto's fuck shack. <laughs> which I I don't know why. I just think it's great. I just love saying it. I'm not saying it's a joke or that it's funny, but Ditto's fuck shack is just fun to say. And in my mind, Ditto's fuck shack is the daycare <laughs> of Pokemon games. Because I don't know if you guys have played the Pokemon games. Yeah, played them? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for those who don't know, listening at home, for some reason, all the sex in the Pokemon world happens in daycares. Specific, one specific daycare run by an old couple. <laughs> it's and, like it's like America in the 90s. Yeah, I'm not... <laughs> yeah, I'm not... And they're having me cut out something that is accurate to the game. Um, ditto, uh, if anyone who wants to have uh, new Pokemon, have their Pokemon uh, have sex and then give birth, you drop off a ditto because it'll have sex with anything and uh, reproduces fairly quickly and then drop off whatever you want it to have sex with and have the daycare and then leave and then when you come back uh, you'll have an egg in uh, five minutes or so. Um, and there's a scene in the uh, new episode of Teenage Pokemon where it shows the, the daycare, it shows Ditto and then the words fuck shack appear on screen. <laughs> uh, uh, but there are, I don't, I'm emailing with them right now which is very uncouth of me. I apologize. but It's, it's very fucking rude. It is, but tonight's the only night I have to edit this together. 
So it's it's a do or die kind of time. And if I miss my deadline, then I'm uh, not meeting my contractual obligation, and then they can sue me. So it's Fuck sort of is there a chance they'll they'll maybe let you, you know, like blur it or bar it. I don't know. I'm trying to find out it? as we speak. Uh, they'll sue you. They I'll, I'll say fuck off. <laughs> I doubt they will. They're very, very nice, but they can't have the words daycare and fuck shack yeah. appear in the same frame, I don't think. They're corporate. That's the Yankee dollar talking. You tell them, you just, just email them this, right? I've been in these situations. Just email this, right? You say corporate, full stop, Yankee dollar, full stop, solution. <laughs> I don't see... Why, you know, it has to be any different from Sunday Mass and Fuck Shack being together in the same... Exactly. I mean, it's... Whatever. Yeah. The Pope's personal and Fuck Shack in the same sentence, not a problem! It's true. Uh, they're afraid that people are going to think I'm endorsing having sex in a daycare with a purple blob that sounds like you. Fucks. Well, well, if I'm involved, that might be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> ob- obviously, I'm a very big campaigner for that. Yeah, wait, what, that was not what you were doing? No, no, not uh, really. Oh, kind of. they, well, and yeah, Machinima may have out. looked into my political activism there and <laughs> said that is a problem. He has been lobbying for this. Because <laughs> uh, I would want daycare fuck shacks around, instituted around him, not for the kids. No. For the parents. Right. I mean, who has time to get their kids to fuck? <laughs> wow. What? I'm sorry. That was really dark. <laughs> for once, it wasn't me saying it. So it's contagious. Direct your complaints. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, I tell you what. Yeah. Hey, nobody got time for that shit. Nobody got time. Um, I got William to phone movie pitch as well. Oh, you do? Fun. Yeah, let's, oh, double, let's, right. let's double fucking down. Mm. This is a good one. This is I think I had my idea around the same time as you, because we were going to do them both two we weeks did. ago. And sure. Now we're doing them both this week. Oh, my fucking God, listeners. I am so jealous of you. Because <laughs> they get to hear my pitch, which was fine, I guess. It Maybe was very it was, good. Oh, that's nice of you to say. I didn't. I was no longer impressed. You know how it is. You get excited about an idea in the moment. Like that scene in Adaptation where he's tape recording and being like, and then trees form, and then, then the first uh, first animals walk on land, and then he listens to it later, and it sucks. That's kind of how I felt. Today. Oh, no, I'm absolutely sick of this idea. I think it's shit that I'm doing. I, I can't wait to but, hear it. But I don't care what kind of substandard drivel I feed the mongoloids listening. No one will get mad at you for saying that. <laughs> That's the but if I idea. did, there would be pages and, and I would be getting... There's one guy who's so angry at me for having teenage Pokemon exist because he says it's vile and juvenile. And he says, I'm a huge fan of yours. I listen to Podtoid every week. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. So I, I'm still trying to, to tease that one out. Um, oh, anywho, I'm that sorry. That shit makes me feel so guilty. There's, oh, no, there's no justifiable reason on earth you should get called vile and insulting while I exist. There's no reason why Ziff Davis should be fucking laying off people while I am still employed. <laughs> you are. It's great. not fair. Eh, life isn't totally fair. The great amongst us live a charmed life. And you, Jim, 
are somewhat charmed, I'd say. Semi-charmed. Semi-charmed. Kind of, of life. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I met be, that guy once, yeah. you know. Oh! Yeah. I met yeah, him on, right. the, on Road Rules. Saw, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was trouble. I'll tell a brief story about the singer for Third Eye Blind. We were talking to him and trying to get along. Uh, we had to do a public service announcement about how you shouldn't kill yourself to one of their songs about killing yourself. And um, we, we went to the concert and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, I, I never felt like he was really um, into talking to us. So I tried to like end on a, on a good note and say, you know, it was really nice working with you, Stephen. I really appreciate you, you coming out and doing this thing on this reality show and lending your song to it. Uh, you're a really good guy. And he goes, you think I'm a good guy? And I was like, yeah, you seem like a really nice guy. And he goes, had you fooled. And then just turned around and walked away into the night. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was like, what? Who says that in real life? There wasn't even any cameras rolling or anything. He wasn't doing it for like the Oscar moment. He just... <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, brilliant. That guy. Semi-charm kind of life. Anyway, it your Willem Dafoe Fitch. Uh, oh, my... Yes. What's that Fitch? What is that Fitch? <laughs> what is the Fitch on this Sitch? Uh, oh, God, what have I knocked over? <laughs> Sorry, I just knocked over Baron Dark's laser blaster from his hand. The skeleton warriors. Let's put that down. Got no more room on my desk because I got new monitors in. So my shitty toys are all over the floor. It really does look like a serial killer's room. It's just toys and USB sticks. Uh, anyway, okay. This this movie that I've been working on. Um, stars Willem Dafoe and it's called uh, Go to Hell Monkey Adam <laughs> how, how could you not like this idea it's already so great Willem Dafoe plays a successful estate agent in New York uh, he sells houses all of the time for lots of money and that's what he tells his bosses he says I sell lots of houses all of the time for lots of money. And the boss, played by uh, Brendan Fraser, says, uh, Yes, you do! Sell lots of houses for lots of money all of the time. Yeah, I know I do, so give me lots of money. I want fat stacks, because I'm a successful estate agent in New York. So he gets fat stacks of cash. But all of this is about to come crashing down around him. For he has been marked. By what? By which force? What force of darkness could conspire to stop Willem Dafoe being the successful estate agent he is? A sinister figure known as Monkey Adam. (laughs) Is that a human man? Or a woman? Oh, let's listen and find out. Mm -hmm. Oh, (laughs) see your pants stuff. Willem Dafoe has a house. It's the most expensive house in New York. It costs 30 groats. And he's got it spotless. I'm using cheap immigrant labor to get this house spotless. It saves coins and makes me richer. <laughs> I'm not evil, he says. <laughs> Uh, so the cheap immigrant workers, are it's, they've got the place spotless. It's this massive, sprawling mansion. As I say, 30 groats worth. The cleanup only cost him five. 
So if he sells this at top dollar and he's hoping to get above that, that's at least 25 profit, growth-wise. It's at least 25 profit, growth-wise, he says to no one. Hugo Weaving comes round. He's ready to buy the house. He's such a great actor. He's a fantastic actor. Yeah. Um, so Hugo Weaving turns up and says, Hello, I'm Hugo Weaving, the famous Hollywood actor. And I'd like to buy a fucking great big mansion, if you don't fucking mind. I'm Australian. And Willem Dafoe says, Oh, I got a house. It's worth 30 groats. But I'm going to cut you a deal and sell it to you for 50. And Hugo Weaving says, 50? Why not make it 65? I'm so fucking rich. <laughs> Show me this bloody great big bloody shrimp on the Barbie mansion then. So Willem Dafoe says, take my hand and I'll take you to a world of make-believe and dreams. But in housing estate times. So they hold hands and skip up the path really excited. Willem Dafoe puts the key in the door and sinister music is playing just, just quietly in the background. He says, now get prepared for some great stuff in here. Turns the key, and in slow motion, the key turns. Hand goes on the uh, handle. Whoa. Turns the uh, handle. Swings the door. The camera starts at Willem Dafoe's feet, scrolls up to his face, and he puts his hands on his uh, cheeks and just goes, Oh my fucking God! Shit! And semen everywhere! What? And the camera spins around. And just different quick cuts of the house, which has been ruined. The shit literally i mean every room is just caked in brown ceiling walls floor brown mixed in with just little milky splodges of spunk oh no the house that was spotless no more than five minutes ago is just i mean it's like walking into inside the interior of an easter egg full of shit and spunk which is what he says i it's what spotless five minutes ago. Now I feel like I've walked into an Easter egg full of shit and spunk. And Hugo Weaving says, is this supposed to be some sort of fucking insult? You told me I was going to walk into a land of make-believe and dreams. But in housing terms, instead I've walked into a fucking Easter egg full of spunk and shit. It wasn't like this, I swear. Can I have an hundred pounds? <laughs> No, you can't have a hundred fucking pounds. You made me walk into a place full of shit. It's disgusting. But I need that hundred pounds so that I can be successful in New York. Well, you ain't going to get that hundred pounds off me, mate. You've just insulted me and my business, Microsoft. And I need Microsoft's backing. Otherwise, I'll be fired for being a bad estate agent. Get me a hundred pounds. No, I want a hundred pounds. You can't have a hundred pounds. While they're doing this, of course, shit is just dripping off the ceiling, landing on their shoulders and in their hair and a bit on their tongues when their mouths open. They're oblivious to it at this point. 
Yeah, yeah, well, that 100 pounds, you can't have 100 pounds. You said it was 30 groats anyway. Yeah, but that 100 pounds is better to say. Oh, you can't have it. Please. Oh, no. I'm leaving, and I'm taking my Microsoft Mega Bucks with me. Away. And then he flies off. And at this point, I mean, fucking hell, Willem Dafoe's furious. He opens the window of the house, puts his hands with a, with a wet, shitty splat, just puts them on the windowsill, and then looks out the window and shakes his fist and goes, Go to hell, Monkey Adam! <laughs> Who's Monkey? Did I miss that part? No, you didn't. Okay, sorry. Uh, then it says, three days earlier. Because <laughs> that was all just leading up. So it goes, three days earlier... Willem Dafoe wakes up in bed and says, I'm being pursued by an evil monkey called Monkey Adam. It's some sort of hybrid, I think. It looks a bit like Danny DeVito. And every time I clean up a house, it shit and spunks inside it when I'm not looking. And then it cuts and says, present day. And so it's back in the house while he's going, God, go to hell, Monkey Adam. And basically that's the film. Um, Willem Dafoe keeps setting up these... um, houses and this mysterious figure uh, called monkey adam goes in and shits and spunks everywhere breaks furniture starts small controlled bonfires just to give it a smoky smell so it's really bad and and he can't sell a house he's selling them to deborah messing trying to sell them to weird al yankovic trying to sell them to the man that was the bat val kilmer and they're not buying because they keep just walking into an easter egg full of shit and spunk what makes it like an Easter egg as opposed to just a... it's brown. Are Easter eggs brown on the inside? No, they're made of chocolate. Oh! So imagine all the brown of an Easter egg. A with... chocolate Easter egg. Yeah, with all the... the... Ah. Are there other types? Sure, there's just a egg that you paint with uh, pinks and light blues and stuff. Bullshit. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, so anyway, that, that's basically the film, and interspersed with dreams that Willem Dafoe, every time he goes to sleep at night, he's being chased around by Willem Dafoe, uh, sorry, by Danny DeVito in a monkey suit, just throwing shit at him. It's like, I'm Monkey Adam, and when I go to hell, I'm taking you with me, with all my shit and spunk. <laughs> Haven't worked out an ending for it yet. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm. I, it's going to lead up to some big conclusion, um, possibly involving a Mogwai. I love them. Yeah, they're making more of those guys, aren't they? Oh, I think they're doing some fucking remake. It might be good. It'll be terrible. Um, won't be as good as Go to Hell, Monkey Adam. Um, <laughs> the, the film ends with with obviously uh, Willem Dafoe being dragged to hell by big monkey arms, just screaming, "I'm going to hell, Monkey Adam, where you can't find me!" Ah! And then all these chimp uh, hands just go over his face, just <laughs> and and then you can just hear just sort of emanating from the. Uh, um, cracks in the floor where he's been dragged to hell just ho 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 welcome to monkey hell <laughs> and that's the, that's how the film will end it's just, I'm trying to get from the, the, the dreams and the poos in the house to that point um, mm. a lot of transition uh, going on I mean talk to JJ Abrams to try and sort it out 
So, got a good feeling yeah. about it. I want to. Do, do you have an idea of what the the ending credits theme song would be? I I had an idea that just came to me, Hit but me. I didn't want to steal it. Do you know that song that's like, "You've got to live and learn." Yes. Before your bridge is burned, it's very sweet. And I'm assuming that Willem Dafoe lived and learned. No, no, he went to hell. <laughs> he, he went but he's to, not that sad about it. He went to. He's... Well, that's the the twist. I mean, he he ends up in a pact with Satan. That's it. That's how we get to that point. Ah, he Satan summons pact. Satan, right. and, and who is obviously played by Cillian Murphy. Um, oh. Cillian Murphy comes in and says, "I'm the devil. What do you want?" And uh, Willem Dafoe says, I want Monkey Adam to go to hell. And then Satan says, oh, but one thing you didn't realize was you are Monkey Adam. Whoa! (laughs) And Willem Dafoe, there's this big, like, flash of white light. and, And he keeps having flashbacks to him cleaning up the houses. But then sneaking back in later... In a furry, like, Harry and the Henderson-style bodysuit, shitting and spunking while laughing and going, I'm Monkey Adam forever! And he realises, oh my god, it was me! I am Monkey Adam! I'm my own voice nightmare! And I belong in hell! And Satan says, that can be arranged! I'm Cillian Murphy! And then he clicks his fingers, and then the big crack opens up, and all these big, hairy, fiery monkey arms come out of hell and grab him. <laughs> and pull him in. And say, I'm going to hell for my sins against the real estate business. <laughs> and then, oh, monkey and then, you gotta live in Wow. Yeah, it's not a competition. But if it were, you would have won by a lot. Because that was a wonderful idea. And you didn't even like it that much. You know what I always say, Jonathan? What's that? Bunkus Fresky. You always say that? Yeah. As of now. What do you mean when you say it? I don't know. (laughs) I should do the Podtoid questions. We only have a few more minutes. You're on a limited time, aren't you? It's going to be really interesting if I get sued. Because at the last minute... I had to somehow change the words fuck shack from the daycare and <laughs> if, put, get the video editing man to fix it in time. And then that I'm, is the best reason to get sued, I think, I've ever heard. If we yeah. end up with Holmes versus Machinima, I want to be your defense. <laughs> Please let me be your defense. I want to stand up wearing a, a, a white uh, barrister wig, even though it's America. Oh, I just stand up. And, Ladies and gentlemen of the jury... The accused stands accused of not delivering Ditto's fuck shack on time. (laughs) I would like to argue that Machinima breached another contract called the Don't Be a Dick About Fuck Shacks contract by trying to break my client. I figure if I act like a comedy judge, they might think I'm the judge and respect me. Break my... <laughs> Ready to video and take out the fuck shack? I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, of the jury. Is this not 
It's not fair that you're so much funnier than everybody else, Jim. Not funnier that was than pretty darn funny, Rowan Atkinson. sir. <laughs> yes, you are funnier than. I love Rowan Blackadder. Excellent, Mr. Bean. It's got its moments, but uh, you're really on a roll. I've been biting my tongue because of the jokes. I should do the questions. All right. I'm surprised about this. Ain't it funny? Sixty nine was first in there with a question, and it's not really a question. He did two in a row. It's Podtoid question. I have to stay in this house, but I have made friends with my housemates, so I am not so sad. No question in there. And then, again, Podtoid question. Can you give a shout-out to my housemates, Nikki and Smoochie? No, Nikki Smoochie and Ernest, who just found the show this week. Absolutely, Nikki Smoochie and Ernest and Ain't It Funny 69. It's not a question, but thank you for listening to the show, and I hope you guys like living together. That could be good. Yeah. Do you have a neighbor named Vern? <laughs> just going to let that one hang. Yeah, just let that one sit. <laughs> um, Donald Martin asks, uh, Podtoid question, can game companies justify spending so much money on free swag instead of development cost or better marketing? He has a point that's very interesting. One of the things that... Uh, it's kind of connected to the secrecy thing we were talking about earlier. Another thing that shows me how insecure a lot of video game publishers are is that they work so hard to win over people like us um, with free stuff and also giving away free stuff to the consumer with their game instead of just making the game a little bit cheaper. Uh, It seems like they're insecure about the fact that they think, oh, this game's not really worth talking about or selling on its own, so I better give... Jonathan Holmes a you know a giant vat of uh, piglets and say enjoy Ellie Noir I'm like what why didn't you didn't need to do that I would have just liked it you didn't need to send the piglets uh, but I, yeah what do you guys think how I, can they justify the amount of money they spend on trying to win us over in that way I will take charge of any literally any piglets you'll take charge of those piglets even if they're sick and dying <laughs> I just I, I I he who dies with the most piglets wins is is my philosophy on the business of, of games media. <laughs> um I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like sometimes it can have an effect, sometimes not. I mean we talked earlier, the Terraria thing. Send me a box of pebbles. It's mm. probably sending the wrong message because I don't want people to send literal rubbish to my house. But it did get them me talking about them. Mm, you know, if you're true. if you're smart and you do something interesting, it can have a net positive effect. If you send me Resident Evil Six with uh, a pair of expensive Astro headphones, that didn't work out, did it? <laughs> uh, Why do you the- think it is that? Uh, I mean, movie reviewers 
they don't that I'm aware of anyway get sent like a giant stand up of Jason Bourne and then be like, please review Bourne Identity Four. They uh, they just go to the movie and then watch it. There's um, not the same kind of like pressure to I don't win know, them I can't over. Speak for them, maybe they do. Maybe they do. Uh, I don't not. Know. Yeah, maybe. Um, all I know is the best swag you could send me to get me to review a game well is a good game. Yeah, just mm. send the game. Like that's honestly, I mean, okay, I'm I'm a a slight hoarder and weird little shitty bits of crap interest me. Like this Terraria pickaxe, I've got no real cause to use it. I'm probably never going to throw it out because I'm terrible at throwing things out. So. Okay, that's some crap on my shelf. Well, not even you know, on my shelf, but I, if you want to talk about like a dirty backhanded arrangement between uh, PR and games media, here's one I'll support. Why don't you just send us photos of this crap and we'll pretend we got it in the mail? <laughs> that would work as well. Um, but my point being is, I would gladly not get any crap at all in favor yeah. of a good game. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's not going to help. I mean, maybe it helps with some. I can't speak for everyone, and I certainly wouldn't presume for everyone. Well, I mean, uh, I'm sure they've weighed out the value of, you know, the amount of money it costs them to do this kind of marketing, to produce, you know, these knickknacks or whatever, and and send them out and, you know, get people talking about them to whatever degree it does. I'm sure that, that that's a consideration, and even when it's bad press, it can be good press. It's possible. I mean, all all I know is this, because uh, I know some people think that maybe getting this kind of s- swag uh, softens your opinion on a game. Here's the way I look at that. If I end up playing the game and I really like it, I may appreciate the swag as, oh, that's cool, I really like that game, and now I've also got this cool thing. If I play the game and it's shit... You've sent me junk alongside the junk. Like, I'll yes. have no love for that. It will just look empty and hollow and sad. Mm. Um, and that was very true with the Resident Evil thing. It's like, I'd already written the review before they sent, like, all the, 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 a t-shirt and all this other shit. Because uh, they sent me debug, dev kit stuff. And I played that, deemed the game shite, written the review... Um, and that was already just waiting for Embargo to break, where it would be instantly published. And then, like a week later, uh, this other shit turned up, and I'm like, this is horrible. This You just you basically sent me ash that you've rolled a dog turd in. I've got... It, it, it really doesn't work that way. Like, you, you get swag and then suddenly like the game. All, all that ends up being done is you just get... Stu- more stuff to throw away. Or, yeah, or, or, that, wasn't there that guy who was um, just one guy, just one Destructoid reader that was sure we gave a Worms game a good review because of all the sweet Worms swag that we got? Oh, God knows. That, remember that? Oh. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, I, what? Did we? Did anybody? Was there Worms swag? I don't no, think there was. just assumed that we so. wouldn't have Team... given a Worms game a well, something unless there was swag involved they've been unable to auction off the worms ip let alone come up with swag for it yeah uh so team 17 i really like them but oh team team 17 ironically were at the the center of one of the earlier review controversies i remember like some british magazine they blacklisted um back in i think the 90s over i I do seem to recall something about that yeah so there's that. There is that. 
maybe they think that's still going on with Team 17, the ruthless <laughs> Team 17. Uh, who knows? But, yeah, like I say, I mean, and I say I throw this stuff out, I don't. I. It's just kept in this cupboard uh, of stuff I intend to eventually just give away. Uh, I think what I might do is at PAX Prime, when I go, I might just grab all this stuff that I don't want and just give it to anyone who comes up and asks for something. Oh, that's, that's yeah, nice. that's what I did at, uh, at PAX Prime this year. I had a, uh, a box of stuff. It was like a Postal Service priority mail shipping box and every little piece of junk PR thing and, and actually a whole bunch of like just games I was never going to play again. Um, I just threw them in the box and then I gave them to, uh, I think it's Connor. I gave it to Connor. I said, go find the first person waiting in line for our panel. Give them this and tell them this is your problem now. <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe i'll save it up for the panel which i hope to actually do what we didn't do last year i'd like a, a pod toy live oh um, fun that'd be fun yeah I'd, be i fun. like just just something simple not like the disaster of the panel i'd last presided over um although i heard the one i wasn't there for last year was pretty good um but i'd like to do a live pod toy and i actually want to recreate val kilmer's family thanksgiving showdown uh, no. Obviously not all of it to the exact letter, but I'd love to have one of the ideas we do, one of the ideas for a public performance, done live in a kind of the best approximation we can. That would be very magical, I think. But that's that's a ways off. Yeah, that's we got months. Um, but yeah, I, I might just save all some of this stuff and just throw it out uh, at people at PAX. But yeah, so. That yes. was, a, was there a question we answered somewhere? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Okay. Yeah, it was good. Uh, let's see. Somniferous Lottie. I'm sorry, I'm very bad at reading and. Don't apologize. He has a that name username. You know that person deserves everything it gets. Yes. Somni Lottie. I uh, I actually I was gonna say that Conrad, and then I panicked because I didn't know whether it was someone's chosen username or their actual name. I don't And know. I was actually just being very insulting. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be okay. It's not too mean. Uh, they I asked. have... All right, I'm sorry. I have a, a guy that lives upstairs from me who is an absolute asshole. I can't stand him. Drives me crazy. Walks around late at night stomping his feet. He's just... And, and then when you try and say something about it to him, he cops an attitude. He's just a douchebag, okay? He's a short little round... Thick glasses, uh, thick rim glasses wearing bald pig fucker. <laughs> and then like one day I was walking past his door and I saw a package uh, waiting for him and I read the name and his name is Wyatt. And I was like, you know what? Okay. I get it now. It's not his fault. <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's some cool Wyatts, Wyatt Earp, that one actor. It's yeah. not his fault. Wyatt's cool it's Wyatt's. just not his fault. So some uh, some nefarious Lottie asks, E3 wishes that are unlikely to come true, question mark? Mine is Reggie shouting, I am Doggy the Wall Crusher. Want to get your walls crushed? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that won't happen. Thinking about it, I think that's now my new dream. (laughs) Yeah. Anything where the suits, who uh, our old friend Lee Alexander wrote a very interesting article on why people who love video games also end up getting kind of obsessed with the relatively boring corporate suits that talk about video games, uh, why we kind of breathe life into them and project all these interesting ideas onto them. She wrote about that, and this speaks to that. I desperately want some suit who works for Microsoft, Sony, or or Nintendo to do something really, really genuine Mm. and weird. 
and and take a huge risk and just give us something to talk about. Oh, that my, would be fun. My most popular tweets, the ones that get like retweeted in the hundreds, are the ones I do just before press conferences, mm-hmm. where I come up with things for the executives. I try and predict what they'll do and say. Um, like before the PS4 reveal, I was tweeting things like. Like my predictions for the PS4 written as headlines, things like PS4 reveal overshadowed by Jack Tretton drinking an entire bottle of ketchup in one go. <laughs> he did it, guys. Um, or things like Kaz Harai takes stage, says PS4 is crows, opens mouth, dozens of crows fly out of his mouth. Um, things like that. Um, what was the other one? Cuts off Kaz Harai cuts off own face, turns it round, looks at it, and screams for five minutes. No PS4 reveal. Um, Kazurai <laughs> comes out to show us his brand new telescope. Uh, PS4 reveal completely forgotten. It is a nice telescope though, gold trim. Uh, and people love that. They love. I I don't know. I, I haven't actually read Lee's article on that, but I I should check it out because I'm I'm actually fascinated by that too. Um, especially one thing I was looking at uh, was on NeoGAF, which I've become far too uh, addicted to reading. Um, before the Nintendo press conferences, masses of GIFs. Just loads of GIFs of Reggie, Iwata, um, Miyamoto. Funny, them doing funny things, them fighting other executives, all that kind of stuff. PS3, uh, the big PS4 announcement, masses of GIFs. You know, Kaz Harai tearing a photograph of Reggie off of his <laughs> bedroom dresser mirror. Um it's all ton, tons of, of Somebody linked to me a video with like 15 minutes straight of Kaz Harai gifts. Yeah. Really? Uh, they ridiculous. do that. ridiculous. But the one thing I never notice is Microsoft's one. That's mm. the bit that interested me. Um, they talked about the, the, the next Xbox reveal that's been rumored to be happening soon. Um, mm. And I looked through that thread on NeoGAF. Not so many gifts. Like there's, they don't have the connection gamers with Microsoft that they have with, with Sony and Nintendo that makes them... Such prime targets? Yeah, that, that lets them ascribe these um, surreal properties to the executives, I guess is the best way to say it. Well, it's really just Balmer. And, and they don't trot him out for all that much. No, no. I mean, Balmer is the closest Microsoft has. And even then, with, with Reggie and, and Iwata and Kazurai, a lot of us are kind of ascribing the fantastical mystical powers to the characters whereas Bulma is already <laughs> clearly a warlock <laughs> yes yes you are correct yeah they're not gifts is what i'm saying the things no. of Bulma him putting on the iron man costume or him as a big snake licking Kazurai's face like that not... happened yeah that, that's footage that can't prove otherwise they found yeah. it in the forest next to the blair witch tapes <laughs> I should do more question. Uh, Tyler Weed, Shadowboy Tyler, asks, does Jim have any plans to ever make a new episode of the video game show What I've Done? That was, was a fun show. I was just talking about the video game show What I've Done with uh, Jordan this past weekend. He and I chatted about it. That was fun. Yeah, you I did one on cinema, actually. Yeah, I literally can't find the audience for it, despite mm-hmm. being so sure one exists. Um, I say that, I mean, it was always, it always had a slight popularity, but never quite, I always felt it was capable of more. Um, yeah. I've shown it to uh, to other, like, video outlets, content um, channels, and none of them are ever interested in it. 
Um, and I always regularly think about it. And someone linked me to one episode today, which I thought would make an excellent series of videos on its own, just that one style. Um, so it's something I might do eventually, but as of right now, I I, I get sad thinking about it, just because I, I always oh. felt like it could have done more, but the, at the, the end of the day... The I general got, one got a good amount of views. It got yeah. like 60,000 or something. It did okay. Yeah. Well, and, and maybe now that you've more established more established yourself as a video presence with the escapist and so forth, that that it may play better now than it would have a year ago. It may do. It's something I'll, I'll think about revisiting. Um, but you know, if, if at, at the moment I know the kind of video numbers I'm capable of, mm-hmm. and I want to, if if I'm not doing that, then yeah. right. it's like you could have been using your time for. Stuff that would reach more people. Yeah. Uh, yeah at the moment, take. I want to concentrate fully on, on getting the Jimquisition to get bigger. Um, if only because it's, it's also very important to me in terms of the things I say on it, the things I really want to say mm. and, and, and have people listen to. So, And that's been growing. So after that, maybe after a movie Defense Force has had its run, I can look into that because I, I don't really foresee myself having the content to do that one forever so Mm -hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense it is very hard to make videos about videos for the people who like the videos you're making videos about does that make sense almost right oh when i re-listen to this later (laughs) uh, (laughs) it'll probably hit me yeah yeah. Anywho, uh i should do a couple more questions but then i should scoot um jason Emic asks, since Sony seems to have learned a bit from the PS3, will they do better than Microsoft since they seem more consumer-friendly? I don't... Did I miss something? Maybe the PS4 is more consumer-friendly in a way I didn't notice. But I didn't notice it, and I didn't notice it with the PS Vita either. I think if the PS4 comes out at $200, then sure. That's very friendly to the consumer, but if it comes out at 450 or 500, um, I, I, I think that the price is number one in terms of what they've got to do to make the consumer feel cared about and considered, and uh, that r- remains to be revealed. So I, I'm not feeling like they've got a leg up on Microsoft at all at this point. I don't think any of them are showing that they've got a leg up on either of, of each mm. uh, on any of them. Anybody's, that that was an awful word. It no. sounds. But at the moment, I don't want to predict anything in terms of, of, of hardware success because these consoles are debuting in a market the likes of which none of us uh, could could are really used to. Um, and certainly in a, an era more tumultuous than I think any of us are old enough to remember fully um, or, or appreciate... Um, because, you know, we're talking about the possibility of there being or already in the process of having a video game crash. And just seeing these consoles come out at this time, it's it's risky stuff. I, and, and any of them could fall apart. I know mm-hmm. Blazinski didn't earn himself many favours when he uh, said the other day that he thought he could see Nintendo dropping out of hardware in five years. But even though I think if any of them were to drop out of game-specific hardware, it would probably be Microsoft first, mm-hmm. I wouldn't ever bet the farm on any of it. Um, mm-hmm. It's It seems, at, at first thought, to be impossible to think Nintendo would drop out of hardware. At this rate, I wouldn't call any of it as impossible. Well, the thing about it is, with uh, Nintendo, I don't know what else they would do. 
with with Microsoft, they could always try something else or or try something other than home consoles. Same with Sony, they're, they they've got a whole other back uh, business. Nintendo's other. intellectual property is so valuable, mm. um, and they're so careful with it. Uh, in terms of um, the amount of video game content that they put out for it, which is their core, you know, their core product, and then they license that stuff out. That brings in lots and lots of money mm. through brand association. So Nintendo actually has its fingers out into all sorts of other little businesses and ventures and so forth. And it's not as though dropping out of game hardware would take them out of business yeah. or anything of that nature. Um, that said, they're the only ones up to this point who are profiting from hardware, mm-hmm. generally speaking, you know, consistently. And as long as they continue to see a business for that in the handheld market, uh, while DS and 3DS are being affected by uh, the rise of, of Apple's marketplace and, and the sort of ubiquitous nature of smartphones, uh, they still sell a ton of them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they they're still, still doing well. Ton. So I don't think I don't know. Blazinski's right. They could drop out in five years. They could the market could shift dramatically enough that they decide they no longer want to push for home consoles, and then they slowly back out of handhelds, uh, and then just continue to publish. But they don't publish enough software, generally speaking. I think for that to be their sole video game contribution. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't know. Uh, the, the market may change, so there's something else people produce. Well, Operating it. systems, I don't know, controllers. We just don't know yeah. What, yeah. what could happen. I mean, I don't think when the PS3 and, and Wii and Xbox 360 were, were being announced, they could have predicted the state of the market we see now mm-hmm. and just the sheer, so the overwhelming yeah. amount of choice. Um, so I cannot predict it all I mean, it, people might not like the thought of Nintendo demolishing its, its hardware, but just because you don't like it, I don't think we should just rule it out. A lot of people didn't like the iPad and said, oh, well, that's not going to ever affect the games industry. Um, and I, I think only an, a very ignorant, willfully ignorant person would say it has had no effect on the game industry. It clearly has. So, you know, we've got to separate what we want from what is mm-hmm. and Absolutely. what could happen you know sure it's anything could happen i, I think it's yeah. unlikely but i you know i've thought a lot of things were unlikely that happened so you never know yeah uh, it's just keep an open mind yeah uh, and try and be excited about it some of it's scary some of it's unpleasant to think about but at the same time and as pissed off as i get at the actual console market um and i still you know care a lot about that because consoles are, are where i first really fell in love with games there's still just so much else, you know? Uh, PC gaming, obviously, is huge. Um, mobile gaming, if you give it a fucking chance, there's some great stuff on there. Sure. It's an exciting time. Absolutely. Things are blowing up in a, in a way that they never... I can't think of, anyway. They've never blown up quite like this before, so... Let's just enjoy it, guys. Yeah. Got to do a few more questions. I'm a little late. I should skadoodle soon. But I don't want to uh, screw off these question askers, because they're so nice to even bother asking. Voex asks, uh, get Max back on. I love Max. I think Max has a different show called The Comedy Button, which you should listen to. Isn't he still doing that? Uh, yeah. yeah. I think so. 
Yeah, listen to that. We love Max, uh, but we record the show at a time when Max is still at work, and we can't record it much later. He's in a different time zone, so it's impossible yeah. for him to be on regularly, but we'd love to have him on again. We've talked but, about doing a show on a Sunday, but mm-hmm. the trouble is, is my schedule then is totally conflicted, because oh weekends yeah. I... Yeah, Sundays, our Sundays are ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's tough to do it all, but yeah. we, we love Max, and if he can come back certainly have them but you can get all the max you want on the comedy button which records pretty regularly uh david north who animated the most recent episode of teenage pokemon he's a long time fan of jim sterling he's been doing fan art of you for years jim uh he asks if it ever feels awkward to criticize games when you have met people or have games who work at the co- uh who have friends who work at the company uh i often feel a little bit bad when i give a game a lower score than I think the the people I've talked to who make the game think it deserves. I know they're going to be annoyed at me. Um, Sean Velasco, I think he's been like, "What? Uh, you deserve that? My game, my game is better than that." It's <laughs> not how he talks. Um, uh, but you know, you got to do it. And if they respect you, then it's going to be all right. And if they don't respect you, then it doesn't matter anyway. You just got to be honest. You guys think so? I've never had a problem with anybody whose opinion I cared about. (laughs) No, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, anyone who would show themselves as not being able to deal with the fact that there is a difference between how I feel about you on a personal basis and how I feel about the work that you put out in this particular instance, Mm -hmm. then I don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, I haven't spoken to... Anthony Birch or Mikey Newman since Colonial Marines, and considering the almost immediate unfollow on Twitter of, of Mikey Newman um, for myself, I'm wondering if I ever will, mm. uh, which is a shame. It's unfortunate. It's a, it's, you know? it's, it's, it's a, it's a shame, because I still love the pair of them. They're uh, wonderful people. Yeah, I, Anthony Birch is the Goku to my Vegeta. Mm. Uh, and... He was a guy who I could never quite match. Um, and it is sad to think I may have pissed them off so much that they want well, nothing know, more to do with me. It's one of those things where I know that at the end of the day, I'm still going to go check out their next product. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, it has nothing to do with um, with them. I like them. Yeah. Well, I told this to someone else involved with, with Colonial Marines recently. Just, look, the anger that I've got and the, the um, bile I've got for that game is for that game. You show mm-hmm. me the next project, you show me the next thing Gearbox has got, you show me the next Aliens game, I'll give it the exact same shot I gave Colonial Marines. No no grudge carried mm-hmm. over. It's, it's The grudge is specific to the product. That's a very good thing for you to model for other people because I find that a lot of people who love video games end up holding those grudges because they love video games so much and not being able to separate that one product cycle and one creative team and one set of business decisions doesn't speak to how it's always going to go from there. I know I've certainly screwed up and made some crap that I thought would be good and and I've made some bad calls and then hopefully later I've made something that's decent. So, um, yeah. Don't get yeah, I think it's fair one. to have a certain measure of hesitance. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I know, mean, we got to learn from something this. Like but not this, a write-off. Hesitance yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I've, 
I will be very careful um, in how I cover games overall um, mm-hmm. as a result of, of the Colonial Marines thing, especially. Um, you know, when it comes to the next Aliens game, you know, whatever that will be, whether it be the Creative Assembly one or not, uh, <coughs> I'll go into it without carrying grudges from Colonial Marines, but at the same time, just being careful. You know, with 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 how into it I get and and, and how I present my thoughts on it to anyone. You know. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, let's do these next ones real quick because I've been staring at them. I'd okay. feel bad if I didn't at least try. Um, this one is more for you, I think, Jim. Do you think the content in the new Lara Croft, I believe he means Tomb Raider, previously thought of as distasteful, is still represented in the full game? I read your review, but I don't recall you pointing out specifically if the stuff about uh, Laura getting potentially sexually assaulted and being really like thrown around in the mud and, and have her groan while she's like getting hit in the face with a crowbar and stuff, whether that was still as prominent mm. as it seemed to be in the preview. So was that, uh, was that still a big part of the game? Well, um, I said in the review that the, the thing about it is, is it looks like it's heading in that direction. The mm-hmm. opening... And, and, I mean, most of the marketing came from the first hour or two of the game. Mm-hmm. It's such a setup on the wrong path. Like, you think, oh, my God, they are... It, it's almost like someone's getting off on skewering, impaling, yeah, nearly really... drowning, punching, smashing, splattering, and doing all this stuff to Lara that you think, Jesus Christ, I, I'm watching torture porn. Um, but well, yeah, then you're kind of complicit in that. Yeah. Yeah, and but then like after an hour, once it calms down, like it, it's almost like it gets really excited. About, oh, we're gonna do, tell this really d- deep story, and you're gonna be caring about us from what we gotta say. Uh, once it calms down and realizes, oh wait, we can actually just tell a story rather than try and make a story look like it's happening, then it gets really good. The the mm. opening hour gives you a very bad taste um, and a very bad v- in first impression. But if you can get over that initial impression, it's it settles down and becomes something um, very interesting and very dark, in, but not in a, an over-the-top way. I mean, there's stuff in there that could could play well in a survival horror. Hmm. Um, really good stuff, really atmospheric stuff. Um, so, no, I think, I mean, the content we've all seen is in there, but it's not representative of the entire product. It's just what I would call a very ill-advised way to begin it. Huh, interesting. It's almost like uh, Colonial uh, Marines, except instead of getting a bad idea of a game, then it turning out to be... Oh, I'm sorry, I did that opposite. You know what I mean. Me talk. Me stop <laughs> talk. Uh, one last question. Uh, Cohen Tureka Kraken asks, People have grown tired of the general framework of The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> sorry. What would a new game have to do to wow the fans? I don't know. Uh, I think that the the leap from 2D to 3D was a big one that wowed the fans. And then Nintendo tried to do a similar sleep with uh, motion controls, thinking that people were going to feel so good about being a real sword fighter. But then they played the game and felt like they were a terrible sword fighter because they sucked and died. Um, so it decreased people's self-esteem and they hated it. So they've got to think of something to to shake it up beyond just like one of the things a lot of people are talking about right now is that they want to see Zelda be the main character and she goes and rescues Link. 
That would be interesting. Because it's possible to do after Skyward Sword revealed that they're all reincarnated. Yeah, that would be that would get a lot of people's attention on the surface. But I think if people are sick of the Legend of Zelda yeah, find items, really go to a dungeon. Formula. No, yeah. no, it would just be changing the surface, but I mean, which how would many, be enough for some people. How many people really do want the formula changed? It's I sure don't. I love that. Zelda's point. an anomaly. Um, I've talked about this before, actually. I think I did a Games Radar column on it, where uh, so a lot of the things Zelda changes is everything but the structure. Mm-hmm. Whereas other games will um, try and change their structure, but keep everything else. That one changes stuff the other way around. They'll sure. suddenly have an art shift, they'll present new worlds, and it's all very familiar, but in my opinion, every single game's been a very different experience. I think there's a reason why we can tell the difference between, mm-hmm. um, you know, Wind Waker and, and Skyward Sword, Twilight Princess, Ocarina of Time, um, just by talking about it. Whereas, it's very hard to pinpoint the differences between Gears 1, Gears 2, Gears 3, mm-hmm. all very fine games, but you know, they're, they're still very... They're, they just don't have that in sense of individuality that, that the Zelda games have. Um, the Gears games, the Halo games, um, almost any other series uh, mm-hmm. has such a unifying identity across the entire series. Whereas in, my, in... Just in my opinion, the Zelda games all seem to look the same but talk very differently. Well, that's why uh, it's like the series gets reincarnated every time, and it still has the same soul, but the body is different. Yeah, uh, it's a good metaphor they're doing in that. Speaking of which, I'm going to segue quickly into the what we're doing this week. Teenage Pokemon is a cartoon that reincar- reincarnates itself every time. It's hard to keep a straight face to say that. This new episode on Sunday is like no other episode. It doesn't even exist yet, actually. I have to go make it exist after the show's over. But every episode of the show is different. And if you hated it before, maybe you'll like this one. If you liked it before, you might hate this one a lot. But you're in it, Jim. I am in it. Fantastic job. I can't wait for you to see how you are in it. I've been meaning to show it to you all week because your your animation's done. So that's a thing. Should be up on Sunday. I think it's going to be called Male Enhancement, but it might be called Dangerous Candy. Actually, you guys have an opinion? What, what, what would get you to click faster? Male enhancement or dangerous candy? Male enhancement's got search engine optimization written all over it. I thought so, but then it kind of ruins the... I don't want to give it all away, but i got to get people to click Male on candy. <laughs> That's tempting, too. I'll, uh, I'll run it by Machinima and see what, what they think is good. Uh, also... This past Sunday, we had Austin Ivansmith from Way Forward on the show. He was a great guest. He was really excited to be on the show, and he's already asking to come back. I, I think he would be on the show every week mm-hmm. if uh, we could, and it would be great to have him. We never even came close to running out of stuff to talk about. Uh, he is the director of Mighty Switch Force HD, and he also revealed on the show that he's working on Mighty Switch Force 2 which is for the 3DS. Very nice of them to give that news to us exclusively uh, on the show, where it was quickly picked up by everyone but Destructoid because we were too busy actually doing the show. Uh, But yeah, that was fun, and that's up on iTunes and on Detroit TV now. Got to do a post for that. Uh, This Sunday, we have 
Vander Caballero, I believe it's pronounced. Who Caballero, is, I think. Caballero? I like, think so. yeah, yeah, instead Caballero. of la. Yeah, my mistake. I should work that out. He is a Canadian man, from what I know. He made Papa EO. And he also uh, helped spearhead Army of Two. So that's weird. Papa EO is a game about being a boy and having a monster. But it's all a metaphor for having a alcoholic father. And it's Which, by the way, when you meet Vanders, the very first thing he tells you. So you're really going to want to tune in to <laughs> Holmes this weekend because he is, an, he is an amazingly interesting person. I've heard that. I can't wait to uh, talk to him. It's quite a, a boon to get him. Not that the other guests haven't been a boon, but uh, to get Vander, there was not one but two PR people I've been talking to for months to uh, get them to be willing to have him on the show. But he's up for it, so that's very exciting. This Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we'll be live with him on Twitch TV, Detoid's Twitch TV channel, and also you can find it on the Destructoid front page. So join us in there and ask us stuff. Should be good. I think that's everything I have. Yeah, how about you guys? What you got? Uh, what have I got? Uh, well, Tomb Raider Review, of course, is up on Destructoid.com. Uh, you are welcome to read it if you want. Uh, I also did um, tried something a little bit different with a, a feature I did called the Perfect Mortal Kombat movie cast confirmed. Oh yeah, that was nice. In which I, I dicked around with some photoshops and, and did Jack Nicholson as Goro and uh, Willem Dafoe as Katana and, and did various other stars as, as Mortal Kombat characters, which I really liked. Um, didn't quite explode the way i hoped it would but you know you never know if you don't try um but do check it out if you want because certainly me and alex were just laughing about it the night before and i thought i've got to try and make this a real thing so that was good uh was there anything else was there anything else uh don't think so on destructoid on over at the escapist escapistmagazine.com um this week's jimquisition was called new generation old bullshit which was talking about how even though the hardware has changed the old attitudes remain the same and i think if we want a new generation that's what needs to be new is is the mindset of of the console market executive and uh also not up at the time of us talking but it will be up uh, thursday is a new movie defense force which i'm actually going to cross post on destructoid this week because it's game related and is also uh, very fitting given the article i wrote earlier this week in that it is a movie defense force on uh mortal combat i thought so that's great that is cool. conrad what you do um, conrad yeah, okay, so we uh, put out a new video on Monday. Uh, it's called The Question. It's you know, it's an accompaniment to a thing we've done for a very long time, but now we're getting everybody on video answering the question. So it's a cute little fun video. Holmes is in it with his wife. Um, <coughs> and really the highlight. I mean, Holmes can't follow instructions. Um, you know, what I, I was do like, wrong? Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't that you did something wrong. God, you did it right. That was the thing. It was like, sure. I can't bitch about the fact that you didn't keep it to, uh, you know, just an under two minutes thing, you know, because it was such gold that I wound up having to string it through the entire episode. So Aww, screw you, that's nice way to go. It uh, um, succeeded, I guess. But uh, yeah, so watch that. It's very funny, um, I think. And um, and then uh, I'm working. I, I'm probably going to do more Conrad's little thing. I haven't figured out how I want to follow up that first one, uh, and I'm worried that people are going to think that it's like a tips show, which is was never really my intent. Uh, it was more, hey, what's this weird fucking thing, and why is it here? Um, 
that sort of stuff. And so I have something in mind for like April, like that as a definite that's coming. But right now I'm scrambling to try and figure out some way to follow up that. Uh, so hopefully I'll get another one of those out soon. We got a new office chat going up uh, probably shortly after this releases. Um, other than that, I think that's it. Yeah. Saturday morning hangover? Oh, Saturday morning hangover this weekend. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing yet. Um, and the, the office chat was really good, actually. Jim was on that one. He's, uh, mm. We talked about uh, the used game market. That wound up being a big big part of it. The guy who does the editing was like, uh, I might just cut a segment out of this because I can't figure out how to remove content from the used games section and not hurt it. And it's awesome. Huh. But he's cool. a liar. so <laughs> <laughs> like He's just saying that to make me feel good. Um, but no, really. Uh, yeah, so you'll be able to check that out. He's probably uploading it to me right now. We'll get that out. Uh, and I think that's it. Yeah. Awesome, dudes. We did it. Well, we did it. Great job, guys. I'm glad yep. you were here. I'm glad everyone was so great. And I uh, guess I'll see you next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh! <laughs>